Good morning. This morning, as I was getting ready to come and to share with you, um, I was reminded of my roots. As I went to a very small rural church, and we sang songs every Sunday, and He's Got the Whole World in His Hands was one of the songs I remember vividly from childhood. I promise I'm not going to sing it. But this morning, it just it felt good to, to think back to that time in my life. I'm excited to be here with you this morning on the first Sunday of 2021. There's been a saying for a long time that hindsight is 2020. And for the first time in history, we can literally say hindsight is 2020. It is gone. It's done, over with. And I'm sure many of you are very thankful for that. Anyone find themselves saying throughout the last 10 months, that's so 2020? Something ridiculous or frustrating or upsetting will happen and you'll just be like, that's so 2020. Keeps happening. So I have two sort of humorous um, examples of that in my own life just from the last week. And um, if you follow me on Facebook, you're already going to know both of these, so don't give it away. Okay? So last Saturday, I had an experience that was so... 2020. Generally, during the week, I get up super early, around 4.30, and on the weekends even, I get up around 6. And so this particular Saturday, I was like, it's vacation. I'm going to sleep in. So I slept in until 7.30. I heard my coffee brewing. I was so excited to get up and to just have a slow morning. I step outside my bedroom and into the hallway and immediately am filled with terror and dread as I saw something on my doorframe. So if you follow me on Facebook, you know what it is. But does anyone have any ideas of what could have been on my doorframe right in the center? It was not a spider, although that's a very good guess. I'm not afraid of spiders. It was a bat. A real live bat in my apartment in the middle of winter. There were all kinds of things wrong with this picture. So. I closed myself in the bathroom with my cat, and I was like, what am I going to do? Am I brave enough to deal with this situation? Like, who could I call to come and take care of this? What can I do? I was brave enough, and I did take care of it, and it better never, ever happen again. The second thing was a little bit even, if you can believe this, was more upsetting to me than the bat. So Sunday afternoon, I went to make my afternoon coffee, and as I was making my afternoon coffee, the bottom of my bag gave way, and all of my coffee ended up on the floor. That was so 2020. It was a completely disappointing situation. I did save enough to make a cup, but it was very upsetting. These two sort of humorous instances in my life epitomize what 2020 has been for many. A year of misfortune, terror, disappointment, and upset. In all seriousness, I know that 2020 was not kind to many. There were the pressures of quarantining and being separated from those that we love, the loss of family and friends, the fear of illness, juggling educating your children in the midst of working, the loss of jobs, the list goes on and on. 2020 was an unprecedented year, unprecedented year for all of us. 
Most of us, dare I say all of us in this room, have never lived through such a time. And I'm sure we would all be okay if we never did again. I want to take a few minutes and read you a story called What Do You Do With a Problem? So if you were here last year on the first um, Sunday after Christmas, we read What Do You Do With a Chance? And this is by the same author, Kobe Yamada, and it really just gave me a good, um, a good viewpoint as we move into this new year. So what do you do with a problem? I am a teacher, so I'm used to fanning the crowd. I was told to stand very still, okay? I don't know how it happened, but one day I had a problem. I didn't want it. I didn't ask for it. I really didn't like having a problem, but it was there. Why is it here? What does it want? What do you do with a problem, I thought. I wanted to make it go away. I shoot it. I scowled at it. I tried ignoring it, but nothing worked. I started to worry about my problem. What if it swallows me up? What if my problem sneaks up and gets me? What if it takes away all of my things? I worried a lot. I worried about what would happen. I worried about what could happen. I worried about this and I worried about that. And the more I worried, the bigger my problem became. I wished it would just disappear. I tried everything I could to hide from it. I even found ways to disguise myself, but it still found me. And the more I avoided my problem, the more I saw it everywhere. I thought about it all the time. I didn't feel good at all. I couldn't take it anymore. This has to stop, I declared. Maybe I was making my problem bigger and scarier than it actually was. After all, my problem hadn't really swallowed me up or attacked me. I realized I had to face it. So even though I didn't want to, even though I was really afraid, I got ready and tackled my problem. When I got face-to-face with it, I discovered something. My problem wasn't what I thought it was. I discovered it had something beautiful inside. My problem held an opportunity. It was an opportunity for me to learn and to grow, to be brave, to do something. It showed me that it was important to look closely because some opportunities only come once. So now I see problems differently. I'm not afraid of them anymore because I know their secret. Every problem has an opportunity for something good. You just have to look for it. So 2020 was a year of many trials and problems, but 2020 was not all bad. There were opportunities for good all around us. Babies were born. And although smaller and not what brides and grooms had hoped for, weddings still happened. 
Families were able to slow down and spend time at home with one another instead of being busy every night of the week. More people had access to church services than ever before, as so many churches went virtual during that spring and summer season. People came to Jesus. We saw an entire family right in our own congregation be baptized a few months back. For many, priorities shifted and changed, and it has not all been bad. For me, 2020 was a year of beauty in so many ways. And in some respects, I hope I never lose the lessons and hope I have found from the chaos that we've lived through. This morning, as we launch into a new year and look forward into 2021, I want us to focus on hope in the new year. Hope for what is to come and the sure hope that we can find when we are in Jesus. New Year's is a time when um, many look forward in hopeful anticipation for the coming year and set out hopes and goals for themselves for what they'd like to accomplish in the next year. I shared last year, I don't necessarily um, believe in making resolutions, but I very much believe in looking forward in hopeful anticipation. I saw a funny meme the other day, and it was a child and a parent. And the child said to the parent, what's a New Year's resolution anyway? And the parent said, it's a to-do list for the first week of January. And while slightly comical, it turns out that that is very true in many cases. I posed a question on um, social media, for, and it was this. What are you hopeful for in the new year? I had many responses, and it was truly a beautiful thing to read, but I'm just going to share uh, a few. A friend whose husband is very sick with cancer is hopeful for miracles. Many people commented that they are hopeful for unity in our country, for less anger and more love among people. Another wants to live grateful for what she has, not wishing for more. Multiple parents shared the hope that their children will continue to grow in hope and love despite the challenges that come their way. Peace, more kindness, more laughter, support for those who, struggle, who are struggling, freedom from addictions, for more joy, for people to know Jesus. The list goes on and on. Whether you can relate to one or more of those or you have your own hopes for 2021, I want to center us on the idea of the hopes that we can be sure of in the new year. So as I started to prepare for this message, I went to one of my favorite resources. Craig shares all the time that he uses this dictionary from the Stone Age. I go to dictionary.com, okay? So this is what I found on dictionary.com for the word hope. First, uh, it's important to know that hope can be used as a noun or a verb. The verb definitions are what I want to focus on to begin. One definition is to look forward to with desire and reasonable confidence. A second is to believe, to desire, or to trust. And a third is to rely on, to place one's trust in. I use the word hope all of the time, as I'm sure you do as well. I hope it doesn't snow, but I really hope we get some snow days. I hope it's a Packers versus Bills Super Bowl. That was, that was special for you, Ryan. Special for you. I hope my mom bakes cookies. I hope I get to see more of my friends in 2021. We hope often, 
But this hope we're going to talk about this morning is different. It is the hope that we can find only in Jesus. A few years ago, I wrote um, a blog entry, and one of the acronyms I came across for hope I felt was perfect for this season that we're in, and it's have only positive expectations. Have only positive expectations. So we're coming off of a really difficult year, and the truth is nothing really changed from 11.59 to midnight, right? Nothing magically happened in that 60 seconds to change our world. However, coming off of a year that was so devastating to many, we have the opportunity to look forward with hopeful expectation, positive hopeful expectation for what is to come in 2021. Is your heart filled with hope? Do you have a confident expectation of your tomorrow? What happens when the journey is filled with loss and stress weighs your shoulders down? When confident expectation for tomorrow dwindles, what can you do? How can you walk in hope when you feel hopeless inside? In one word, the answer to confident expectation is Jesus. Hope in Jesus comes from more than just a belief that he was once a baby in a manger. This hope in him has been called an anchor for the soul. It is something deep within that secures you through the storm of life. And although Christmas has passed, I read a book this season that really captured what I'm speaking of, um, and I want to share just a quote from that with you. In his book, Hidden Christmas, Timothy Keller writes this. Christmas, therefore, is the most unsentimental, realistic way of looking at life. It does not say, cheer up. If we all pull together, we can make this world a better place. The Bible never counsels indifference to the forces of darkness, only resistance. But it supports no illusions that we can defeat them ourselves. Christianity does not agree with the optimistic thinkers who say, we can fix things if we try hard enough. Nor does it agree with the pessimists who see only a dystopian future. The message of Christianity instead says things really are this bad and we can't heal or save ourselves. Things really are this dark. Nevertheless, there is hope. The Christmas message is not that on those living in the land of deep darkness, a light has dawned. Notice it doesn't say from a world a light has sprung, but upon the world a light has dawned. It has come from outside. There is a light outside of this world, and Jesus has brought that light to save us. Indeed, he is the light. So when we place our hope in Jesus, we will have hope for four things. Hope for help, hope to overcome, hope for power, and hope for eternity. So first we're going to look at hope for help. Hebrews 4, 16 reads this. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace and help, grace to help in time of need. When we place our hope in Jesus, we have unhindered access to him. When we approach God in prayer, we should do so in confidence. I don't believe I have ever personally shared from stage that I um, did go through Celebrate Recovery 11 years ago. And that was a critical season in my life. I quite literally believe 
that Celebrate Recovery, my participation in Celebrate Recovery gave me my life back. And I know many people here who would tell you the same is true for them. When I first began that process of recovery in my life, I was incredibly ashamed. I was ashamed of the struggles I had. I was ashamed that I couldn't quite find my way out of the struggle. I wasn't good at asking for help or admitting that I even needed help. And I was completely afraid to enter God's presence with my needs and requests because of that shame. Now, it doesn't matter what my personal struggle was. Remember, Celebrate Recovery is good for all hurts, habits, and hangups. And the truth is, we all have them. And we all would benefit from Celebrate Recovery. But shame is shame. That's the point. Once we come to accept Jesus, we have a sure hope that we can go before him confidently with all our needs. Approaching God in reverence, because he is our king and our savior, but also approaching him with a boldness and a bold assurance knowing that he is our friend and our counselor and he meets us with nothing but love and grace. We can have hope for help when we are in Christ and that sure help, hope should impact the way we approach 2021. The second hope we find when we place our trust in Jesus is the hope to overcome. Again, I immediately thought of my journey through Celebrate Recovery. We live in a world with tremendous blessings, but we also live in a world with tremendous obstacles. I know that I go through seasons where I feel really strong, but I also go through seasons where I feel like I am completely overwhelmed with the obstacles before me. Just a few months ago, as I prepared to go back to work full-time after being home for many months and then only teaching part-time in the summer, I was completely overwhelmed at the thought of completing a full day's work and just the normal everyday tasks that I would do in addition to that. I'm sure there are some of you who can also relate to that. Also, the last couple of months were really heavy and difficult and overwhelming with all of the political unrest and the hatred in our world. And sometimes I would just get up and I would scroll through Facebook, or I would turn on the morning news, and I would be overwhelmed with all of that hatred uh, that was out there. None of that even includes our just normal, everyday struggles that sometimes seem really, really hard. But with Jesus, we can have hope to overcome all of this. 1 John 5, verses 3 through 5 say this. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments. And his commandments are not burdensome, for everyone who has been born of God overcomes the world. And this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. Who is it that overcomes the world except the one who believes that Jesus is the Son of God? I also love Romans, in Romans 8 when Paul reminds us that we are more than conquerors. We are more than conquerors because we have the hope of Jesus. He gives us the hope to overcome. The third hope we receive when we place our hope and our trust in Jesus is the hope for power. Anyone ever come up against a task that seems just a bit too big to handle on your own? A hard diagnosis, a loss of a loved one, hard questions from the little people in your life, difficult family relationships, hard days at school or work. The really amazing thing about God is that he doesn't just give us a little bit of strength. 
to compensate for what we don't have, but rather he gives us all his strength within us to do whatever it is that's before us. Paul writes about this in 2 Corinthians chapter 12, starting at verse 9. But he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. So even though Paul is writing this in 2 Corinthians, those are Jesus' words. My grace, his grace is sufficient for you, for my power is made perfect in weakness. Therefore, I will boast all the more gladly of my weaknesses, so that the power of Christ may rest upon me. For the sake of Christ, then, I am content with weaknesses, insults, hardships, persecutions, and calamities. For when I am weak, then I am strong. In general, we are kind of taught that weakness is a bad thing. When you go to a job interview and a potential employer asks you about your strengths, you immediately think. I mean, that's a, you always are asked about your strengths and weaknesses in a job interview. It's a for sure thing. So you're thinking of all of these strengths that you can use to sell yourself to this potential employer. But when they ask you about your weaknesses, that's a little bit more difficult. We don't like to tell people about our weaknesses. To be fair, there are people who are much more willing to share their weaknesses and have a really hard time finding their strengths. But that's because our weakness, we think of weaknesses as an area of lack, something that makes us not quite good enough. As a believer in Jesus, however, we need to come to a place where we shift that thinking. Yes, we all have strengths and we all have weaknesses, but we have the hope and the power of Jesus that will be sufficient in all things, both our strengths and our weaknesses. The fourth hope we receive when we place our faith in Jesus is the hope for eternity. When we put our faith and our hope in Jesus, it not only gives us help, strength, and power for where we walk today, but it also gives us hope for life after death. It is a confident expectation of the ultimate tomorrow. Romans 15, 13 is one of my favorites, and it says this, May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing, so that by the power of the Holy Spirit you may abound in hope. The God of hope sent his Son to be our Savior. He is only one prayer away. And if you want that confident expectation of his strength and wisdom in your today and his help and hope for your tomorrow, you need only to ask so that you may overflow with hope. You see, the difference between our hopes about the weather and our, the hope that we find in Jesus is that our hope in Jesus is a sure hope. It is a for sure thing. We can be confident in our hopeful anticipation and expectation that Jesus is going to come and that we are going to spend eternity with him. One of the most powerful analogies um, that I have ever heard, and I think of it on a regular basis, is that of a rearview mirror in a windshield. So when you are in your car, in order to look behind you, you look into this tiny little rearview mirror. It allows you to see what's behind you, allowing an appropriate amount of caution and preparedness. But as you look ahead, you have a much clearer, broader, unobstructed view in front of you. So as you look forward to 2021, keep your eyes fixed on what's ahead. Not forgetting what's behind or losing sight of what the year 2020 taught you, 
but looking forward in hope, having only positive expectation of what lies ahead. Remembering that whatever you come up against holds opportunity for good. Whatever you come up against, you can stand firm knowing that the God of promise will give you hope for help, hope to overcome, hope for power, and the hope for eternity because you are still in the palm of his hand. Right before service, I get a a couple of motivational quotes that pop up on my watch or my phone every hour. And this one um, came up and I thought it was quite timely. It's by Ralph, uh, Ralph Waldo Emerson. It says this, this new day is too dear with its hopes to waste a moment on the yesterdays. This new day is too dear with its hopes to waste a moment on the yesterdays. At the beginning of service, we sang these words, in the darkness we were waiting, without hope, without light, till from heaven you came running, there was mercy in your eyes. To fulfill the law and prophets, to a virgin came the word, from a throne of endless glory, to a cradle in the dirt. Praise the Father, praise the Son, praise the Spirit, three in one. God of glory, majesty, praise forever to the King of Kings. As we come off of the Christmas season and jump into the new year, what a powerful reminder that that little baby Jesus came into this world to give us a sure hope that we can cling to. I don't know where you are on your journey this morning. Perhaps you came here and have never made that decision to accept Christ. Wouldn't this be the perfect time as we launch into 2021 to make that decision, to step into the new year with bold confidence that you have a Savior who is willing to help you overcome every obstacle before you in 2021. Maybe you ran into 2021 full speed ahead, ready to embrace whatever it has for you, believing that every obstacle holds opportunity. Maybe you are carefully tiptoeing into it, unsure of what is to come, looking ahead but cautious because of what you endured in 2020. Wherever you are, God sees you. He is with you. He is holding you in the palm of his hand, and he wants to take every step of the 2021 journey with you. Again, Romans 15, 13. May the God of hope fill you with all joy and peace in believing so that by the power of the Holy Spirit, you may abound in hope. Today, in every day of 2021. Let's pray. Father God, I am so grateful for new beginnings, Lord. Lord, I'm grateful for um, opportunities and the opportunity to grow from all of the things that we learned in 2020. Lord, um, continue to remind us of your presence, of your unending love, Lord. As we Um, move into this new year, Lord, would you give us the strength that we need to endure anything that comes before us? Lord, would you help us to have only positive expectations before us, Lord? No matter what comes our way, that we would look for the opportunity to grow and to be stronger in you because of it. Lord, if anyone has not made that decision to accept Christ, Lord, we lift them up to you this morning. May they step into 2021 with that sure hope of Jesus. We love you and we praise you. Amen.